Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga. With player picks as frustrating as a Gio Reyna warm-up injury, fantasy advice as red-hot as Mateusz Cunha's goal-scoring form, and pundits who are gobsmacked at the top three scoring players last weekend were all defenders. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Match Day 27. And joining me as ever, it is the fantasy Fußball got himself now of talk sport fame, Flo Reinecker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for landing that drop. Hey, hey, James. Yeah, the, uh, if you didn't know, Flo Reinecker, uh, or uh, yeah, Flo was on, on TalkSport. And I say Flo <laughs> Reinecker because they, they talked about how great his name was. Flo Reinecker, a real German name. Um, and it was a lovely little send off. But his performance uh, was not to be missed. And hopefully it happens again. But Flo, yeah. I went into your fantasy team this week. And, you know, I was like, I'll have a cheeky look at what Flo did and how you, how you fared on the weekend. Now, uh, I mean, you said you hadn't done your first draft of your team when we recorded last week, and I do understand that. But I have to say, when I looked at your team, I was genuinely surprised by what I saw for two reasons. One, not only did you have three big-ticket defenders in your back line, which I thought we were definitely avoiding, but you've also picked a relatively high-priced keeper, which almost seems out of character for you. So, I mean, what went wrong? (laughs) Nothing. I just had too much money to spend. I wish I could say that one day in real life, but (laughs) after the Sancho news broke, so I had to get Sancho out of my squad and then all of a sudden I had had so much money left over and the keeper decision I made before, I haven't checked, like we got the fixtures uh, until match day 29 and I checked basically all cheap combinations and all the cheap ones had like, at least two uh, same kickoff times. And uh, so I went with Schubert. I preferred Schubert, I think, over Luther or Kastenmeier. One of the two had would have been basically the same with Timo Horn, so of Cologne. Because Schalke and Cologne, they only have one kickoff at the same time until match day 29. And that was what we did know on the kickoff. And as I made my team, I, I recognized that money isn't that big an issue uh, as I thought because I didn't go for the three high-priced strikers. So I left Werner out in the cold and brought in a Cologne striker like I uh, said I would. I'm not saying which one. Because uh, it's it's embarrassing for me, but uh, yeah, that's why I had a lot of money. And then I could upgrade after the Sunshine News. Could upgrade a lot at the end. I didn't went for Reina. I was so sure I, I'd go with Reina. Then I didn't do it because I thought ah, I have to get rid of him probably for next week. And I've got so much money, so I, I changed a lot. Uh, during that last hour, and that's why I missed that Reina did take an injury. Otherwise, I would have tweeted it out. So uh, I have to apologize to everyone who 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 read my tweet to to fire up Joanne Reina for one million, <laughs> and then he's not in the starting lineup. And oh, there you go, Flo Flo didn't buy him. So. That was some bait. <laughs> yeah, he's just trolling uh, everyone out there, Flo. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. I just, like, it was 20 minutes into the game because I, uh, I was watching the, the conference and uh, the, the, the two boys were running around. So I, I didn't have my 100% concentration when I said, oh, he's 
he injured himself during warm up. Well, that's that's a nice story for everyone <laughs> who bought him. So yeah, yeah, and and that's why I had more money. I could upgrade from Katerbach to Jonas Hector, which wasn't that big of an upgrade uh, in the end. But um, you never know before. Um, that's just how it works. And I decided to go to Eric Tommy, uh, a guy we. I don't think we talked about him really last show, but my thinking was that he usually played as a wing back in recent weeks. And now he was playing as an attacking midfielder behind the only uh, striker in Karaman. And I, I thought that might be a chance for him to to have a big number and being differential as well. That's why I went for Eric Tommy or Fortuna Düsseldorf. Uh, didn't work out as I w- would have liked, but still, uh, I think the the pr- the process in getting there was sound. And uh, I mean, uh, Rösa changed it back during the game. At one point, he was playing as a wing back again. So, yeah, but uh, a, a lot of changes uh, at the end. Not not a bad week for me. I think 154 points I got. And could have been seven points more. No, even, uh, wow, my math is, is so bad. Uh, six points more, uh, James, because <laughs> I forgot, forgot to make Kai Harvards my star man on Monday evening. And I almost forgot to substitute him in because I was working on Monday evening. And I had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and then I, it was like two minutes to kick off until I remembered that I have to do some changes in my squad and. That's why uh, Nabri was still my star man and couldn't change it to to Harvard's, but still 22 points from him. That's definitely lovely. I was going to say, you can't complain. Would have loved it against another competition, but uh, another club. But yeah, there's too much to ask at the moment for have mercy for Bremen. Well, I'm sure, Flo, you won't have been the only person out there with a bit of a headache on match day 26. I did fall into the trap of bringing in Rayner and making the transfers before the warm-ups were completed and then seeing that he'd got knocked out. And by, yeah, by bringing in Rayner... James, wasn't a trap. Uh, I, I, oh, it's free. I mean, it happens like two or three times in one season in every game that someone injures himself in warm-up is... Like that, that kind of stuff happens. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And uh, yeah, so maybe, I mean, especially this weekend, given the fact that we knew everyone was coming back from a lengthy break, maybe it would have been smart to wait uh, a little later into the the transfer deadline. But by bringing in Rayner, I got rid of Oot, I brought in Werner, and then I got rid of Katterbach, and I brought in Mukiela. And I wouldn't say either of those two moves really worked in my favour. Um, so I, really, the whole Rainer thing threw me a loop, but I did still come out with 173 points. So I was very happy with that indeed. I mean, what were your big takeaways from match day 26, Flo? I mean, are we seeing new players emerge after this hiatus or are we seeing very much the same trends that you think we were seeing before there was a pause in play? I think the play itself was less different than I thought it would be. Uh if we look at the results and if we look at the fantasy returns as well, I, I would say. So I don't think anyone really skyrocketed who we haven't thought about before as a good fantasy option or, or not, at least not an obvious one. Or you, 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 you're pausing, James. You have someone in mind. 
No, 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 I actually, no, I fully agree with you. I think it's one of those that there were some trends that I think we saw in terms of, yeah, I mean, everyone's talked about the new net game time in the Bundesliga. Uh, we saw the substitutions come into effect for the first time. And yes, we had certain players brought off at half time. And is that going to affect the game going forward? The problem is I do find it very difficult to draw conclusions after one round of matches yeah. because uh, teams and, and head coaches are going to be adapting to this situation constantly and figuring out new ways of manipulating it to what they want think is their favor and that will have an effect on our, on the fantasy game but for the most part we did see the trend that you don't always need to have the big ticket items in the fantasy Bundesliga this season to score big we saw that in the defenders especially uh, with the likes of Maximilian Mittelstedt and uh, Remy Benzabayini and you know the fact is this game I think I made the point last week but there's still so much to play for in this game and it's still a very enjoyable even if you're not necessarily playing for something and I do think that that trend did continue after after the hiatus and personally I think from the talking foosball fantasy side just the amount of new people that we've had get in touch with us has been truly magnificent in our opinion I mean the, the amount of questions that came in today we tend to get a steady flow is what I'd say but today we got a pretty uh, a bit of a flood yeah. uh, so we do actually have a lot to get through but we are so grateful to everyone that tuned in for the first time last week anyone that's tuned in again this week uh, we do think this game is incredibly fun it's incredibly volatile and if you learn its intricacies then it can certainly be something that can provide great enjoyment for you as well and I think we saw that happen a bit last weekend Flo yeah, I agree. And I welcome everyone on board. So Absolutely. I, so, hope, I hope you stay with us. Yeah, we hope so too. Yeah, don't make the Bundesliga fandom a fleeting thing. We are we are diehards uh, in this neck of the woods. But yeah, we're going to have some more tips and tricks for you throughout today's show. But taking everything into account, uh, let's talk about match day 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll start, as we normally do, with some listener questions. And again, we do have a fair few. So I'll try and get through them as quickly as I can. And I've got to start with this person first because I feel like I owe an apology. Flo's less so, but we'll come to that in a second. <laughs> but it's... Um, at FPL Hefe. Now, he got in touch with us last week. Someone, one of these players that was starting for the first time last week, he had a fresh budget, 150 million, so he couldn't quite splash out on all the big ticket items the way other people can that have been playing from the start of the season. He put out a very good team, a very cheap defence. He went Flo's route in the end. Yeah. And he had Manuel Goulder in there, and both Flo and I said, take Manuel Goulder out, upgrade him if you can. He was able to do that, and it did work out with Pavar because he brought Pavard in. Um, but I did, I felt bad that we had told him to get rid of Goulder and Gulder basically he scored one and almost bagged a brace um, you're, you're less apologetic Flo yeah absolutely because like fantasy fantasy football is a game of, of percentages so I mean before that match day Gulder had played 78 games in the Bundesliga do you know how many goals he scored in that 78 games I believe it's one no it's two actually. oh it's two but, so he scores Every 39 games on average before that weekend. So, of course, some one of these days he's, he, he scores a goal. But you're not wrong in assuming that he won't. That's the more likely, the far more likely scenario. And the far more likely scenario would have been for Freiburg to be rooted out of Leipzig. Because Leipzig had 21 shots at goal. Freiburg had six. So it was a bit of a freak game. So, and I wouldn't draw too many cl- uh, conclusions out of the results. So, in the end, I think it's process over results in a way. So you 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 have to have your reasons for picking a player. The reason for Gold is he's very very cheap. That's 
That's the reason why you pick Gulda for, I think, 1.5 million. But you can't expect him to have a game like he had. That's true. Very often. It's true. For 14 points he had. Usually he's probably one of the guys you want to swap out of your team. Not necessarily this week because they're playing against Bremen and I heard they're not very good at defending set pieces. So uh, <laughs> I wonder where you got that from, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> Just get an inkling that, that there are better teams defending set pieces in Bremen. But in the end, it's like when you play poker and you get 7-2 and the other guy has aces, and you, you fall pre-flop, which is correct. <laughs> and then the flop comes 7-7-2, seven, seven, and you go <laughs> ballistic, because you think, oh, I, sh- I should have yeah. played that hand. I, I, I would have won a lot of money. Yeah, in this instant. And like the, un- the other 25 times you do that, you lose. And then the, the same goes true to, to fantasy. And that's why I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not apologizing for saying that. Like all in all, Gulde isn't a very good fantasy player, and I don't think that's going to change unless he goes on a scoring rampage. And we haven't seen any clue that that's going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. But let's should we try and redeem ourselves maybe with FPL Hefe this weekend a little bit because he does have a yeah. question. He says he needs to down. I, I don't want to come across. <laughs> As rude. Oh, oh, no, just, you're not. Uh, because like, you're, you're right. Like, like, if we're always doing the, the Monday morning, like sometimes a pick can be good, but doesn't work out. Yeah. The way you, you wish it, it would have. Doesn't necessarily mean that is a, is a, a bad pick. It's, it's not binary, these things. In my opinion. No, that's it. And I wrote to him after the weekend. I said, I just wrote to him saying, I have to know, did you take Gulda out? And he was, he did say, yes, I did. And it was a bit hard to see him perform that way. But he did say he brought Pavar in in the end. So it obviously worked out for him okay. And that was it. Our logic, and Flo's right, was sound. Saying, don't get rid of Gulda because the odds of him scoring were very, very low. But he's trying to downgrade uh, one of his premium players, Flo, this week. Mm -hmm. Because he's got two problematic one million guys who don't play in Reina, who uh, isn't in training with Dortmund and Philip and Werner of mm-hmm. Mainz who uh, was in the starting lineup before the hiatus dropped out he's asking out of Haaland, Werner Lewandowski, Harvitz and Nkunku who would you drop as the big ticket player to free up some funds? Very very tough question so definitely you probably would stick with the front three if I had to get rid of if you want to get rid of a striker you definitely could scratch I would then scratch Haaland for Ut, for instance. That would be a, a move that, but that doesn't free up as much money. I, I think Leipzig is ripe for having a very good game shortly. They were unlucky not to winning that comfortably. Now they're going into mines. I, I can see a Leipzig explosion there. We don't have to talk about Lewandowski. And then Harvard's great player. Tough matchup at Gladbach. So I, I agree with him. He's definitely a candidate. And in Kunku, I, I love him. Just my issue is in Kunku. Kampel uh, is back. And what was surprising to me, he played 90 minutes. So uh, in Kunku was swapped out of the match and Kampel not. That's something that gives me a path for thought because Sabitzer was. A bit injured and just came off the bench. I expect Sabitzer to slot back into the team and then 
someone has to make way there and maybe it's even in Kunku. So yeah, if I had to make a choice, I'd probably sell Haaland um, just because I think uh, that Ut is just as likely as Haaland to have a very good game on the mat- uh, next match day. You know what? That's really interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because last week I picked Timo Werner as my banker. And I, as much as he was involved up front, you know, he had two shots on goal. He set up for himself. He was involved. I worry about him against Haaland and Lewandowski purely based on the level of consistency. I think he can have games where he easily outscores Haaland and Lewandowski. But I also think or at least I'm worried that there are going to be these games in between where he pulls a bit of a duff uh, performance out. And it's a shame to say that because you're right, looking at Leipzig's fixture list, Mainz next, Hertha midweek, then Köln, then Paderborn, then Hoffenheim, then Dusseldorf. Like that's a tantalizing set of fixtures that should hopefully for us fantasy owners bring about a lot of points. Yeah. But my my worry is his consistency. And we've seen that with him in the past, right? He had that Definitely, nickname yeah. of two goal Timo of he would go through one game not scoring and then he'd score two in the next one. Then he wouldn't score and then he'd score two. Yeah. And it was a weird phase. And the thing with Werner is he does free up more funds than Haaland. So I would personally be more inclined to get rid of Werner myself, but I don't think you're making a bad decision either way. Yeah, well, I think is what I would add to it. That's that's one of these things. You never know all all of these five guys can have a 20 plus game yeah. on the next match day it's no question about that i just think that the matchup for vanna is much better than the one for Haaland because wolfsburg is actually in good shape right now and you planning ahead in dortmund playing munich on tuesday evening and you probably don't want to have too much involvement in that game so that's like you you killing Two birds with one stone. I think uh, that's why it's Haaland for me. Or if you have, like, I want to hear what Nagelsmann says on the press. I want to get a feel if if Nkunku stay, uh, is going to play, there's no way I'm going to sell him. But if I've got some doubts that he's in a starting lineup, then that decision might change from Haaland to Nkunku. Mm, that's interesting. That's, funny enough, it's exactly how I feel about Nordi Mukiela um, after what happened and him bring, being brought off at half time and wondering whether Tyler Adams may slot in at right wing back now moving forward, which would actually help Nkunku because it frees up another midfield position, which is exactly what we're talking about. But Leipzig are certainly a bit of a mixed bag. Nagelsmann is known for changing things up and being willing to roll the dice on occasion. So we will see what happens. But I think Flo's right. Let's wait until the press conference and get a better feel of it. Uh, let's move on to the next set of listener questions. It's from at Ignatius Brian L1. He's got a three-part question, but we'll whip through these quite quickly, Flo. Uh, his first one is Karajabek, hold or not? If you could sell him, I think there are better alternatives out there, but uh, he's a good alternative for this week, I guess. Um, just because of the Hatta game didn't go as we had thought, maybe. And now they're playing Paderborn. And like, if he hasn't had a, uh, has a good game at Paderborn, you definitely can dump him. But I wouldn't give up hope just yet. Yeah, I think I'd give him one more week because this is the type of game I was looking at it where Kadashabek could have one of his really big performances yeah. that come in, you know, uh, it's like it seems like four or five times a season. If you get it right with him, you can win big. So I would say he wouldn't be top of, I don't know what the rest of your team looks like, but he wouldn't be top of my list to yeah, get rid of. Yeah, that's always you know? a question. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Second question is another defender. He asks, is Gunter a good option for this week despite the no-show against Leipzig? Yeah, well, I think so. Although Gunther is like, he's very pricey, almost 14 million. 
Um, very pricey for a volatile defender. But they're playing Bremen, and we talked about set pieces. So everyone who can uh, take set pieces, definitely you have to to raise uh, their points projection uh, for match day. And so Günther is a pricey option, but definitely not a bad one. And uh, like I said, Freiburg had six shots on goal that were the least amount of shots on the last match day. And we know that most of fantasy points are created by shots. And uh, if you only have six shots at goal, there can't be many peop- uh, many players in your squad who have a decent fantasy return. That is true. He's actually asking about what are the other ones. And I'm getting the impression here, Flo, that Ignatius Bryan is weighing up whether to go with Hoffenheim players or Freiburg players based on his questions. Yeah. Uh, but his, his third part of his question is Baumgartner or Grifo. Now, Baumgartner had a hand in six shots on goal. Um, as you mentioned, that's as many as Freiburg mustered up themselves as a collective but it is worth noting that Grifo had a hand either setting them up or taking three of those six shots so he was involved in 50% of them yeah and that's what I expect from Grifo going forward I don't think Freiburg will be a powerhouse offense even against Bremen Um, but I still think there's a lot of ways that Grifo can have a big fantasy game on next match day and if you don't consider the price difference between them, which is around four million, so Grifo is four million more expensive than Baumgartner, I would pick Grifo. Yeah, I think uh, it's a, you know what it's a real tough one, but I think I'd I would agree with you on the whole. I think Grifo, we know what he's capable of in this fantasy game. Baumgartner is a bit more of an unknown prospect as are Hoffenheim as a whole right now. So therefore, I think. I'd almost say you're, say you're taking a safer route by going the Freiburg route because you almost know what you're going to get from them more often. Um, and that does make uh, the gambling and the odds a little more in your favour on the most part. Let's move on to the next set of listener questions then because Grifo comes up again in the first part of this flow and mm-hmm. it's from at Addy underscore Balaram. He's asking for a top two from Karaman, Perger, Kainz, Baumgartner and Grifo. Kainz and Grifo. Not, not that close for me. Uh, you know what? I would say the same, but I, I, I still that Baumgartner Grifo debate is still there for me. <laughs> it really is. Um, second part of his question: I have, he says, I have the budget to go with Sancho instead of one of the cheap midfielders. Is it worth it? Given that I'd probably have to take him out for next week. Uh, that, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm not sure what Lucien Favre does if Sancho is going to be in a starting lineup at Wolfsburg. We have, like, that's another one where I'd like to see the, the presser before, but I probably won't bring in Sancho just because of the risk him not playing, then not having the greatest matchup at Wolfsburg, then going up against Bayern Munich on Tuesday. That's a lot of negatives for Sancho. Although I admit that he is one of the mo- most consistent fantasy midfielders and one of the best fantasy midfielders in the game. I just think I, c- I can get my value elsewhere. So uh, I-, I pass on Sancho uh, until match day 2029 20- when they're playing at Paderborn. Yeah, you know what? I, I would agree with you. I think for me, Sancho is a player that we've seen in the past. He does need to find his rhythm when 
for him to be most effective. He can still chip in with assists and goals here and there, even if he's not fully in rhythm. The good thing with Sancho is it doesn't take him long to get into that rhythm, seemingly. But I do agree with Flo. I think it's a bit of a dicey situation to be maybe jumping on that bandwagon this weekend already. But I'm sure it's something that we will talk about uh, throughout the show, because in fairness, I know I've got another question on it. But this is actually it's starting to, to enter into the next listener question which was from um, at Maciej Kalejko. He did send in three parts. I wasn't able to include all of them. But the second part of this was, should we start getting rid of Bayern and Borussia Dortmund assets giving the, uh, like with the Classica in mind, given the fact it's coming so quickly in midweek as well on Tuesday? No, not really for this week. And one good thing about the Classica is it's on, like it's the first game on Tuesday, which means it's the only game where we know the lineups before we have to confirm our transfers and for those new guys out there don't confirm your transfers until the lineup for the Friday evening match is out this week because it's always like you you can react to late news or even like if something really surprising happens and all of a sudden there's a maybe a value Hatta player out there uh, who could be the difference of you going with a high high powered guy or just uh yeah just just a body to fill your your fantasy bench uh, uh, i think that's that's key uh to to wait there and uh, with the classica we know the lineup so uh and we can swap out ba- all players uh, that don't perform in that game if it were the late wednesday game that will be a different animal for me. So I'm not that afraid for that match. And it like it's not set in stone that there can't be a lot of fantasy value in the match between Dortmund and Bayern. So I, I wouldn't take like I would maybe not buy a Bayern or Dortmund player this week, but I myself I think I have five to Dortmund and three Bayern players and I'll I'll stick with all five of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, I've got six if you include Gio Reyna, three and three. And so I think I will. Yeah, I may be looking to reduce that number by one, but I definitely won't be looking to reduce it significantly this weekend. And yeah, we have seen from Robert Lewandowski, of all people in the past, that you can still score big, but he's not the only one that's managed it. And as Flo says, you've got the huge advantage of being able to, if they do underperform, take them out and replace them with guys playing in the later Tuesday fixtures or the Wednesday early kickoff or the Wednesday late fixtures. That's the beauty of this game, the flexibility that does come with it. And the uh, the fixture list gods have certainly done as a favour by putting Bayern and Dortmund first up in that one. Okay, next listener question. Again, it's talking about the the front three, the big front three, and it's from at AK underscore FPL one. He says, evening lads. He says, I hope you and your families are doing well through the tough times. Uh, Appreciate the work you put into this. So thank you, firstly. uh, So firstly, thank you very much if I can get my words right. And secondly, we do hope uh, everyone who's listening that you and yours are all safe and healthy throughout this pretty difficult time. But he asks Flo, is it worth having heavy three forwards of Werner, Lewandowski and Haaland or is Kimmich more important to have than a heavy front three? I would say yes if you don't have the funds to include all four I would pivot to Mark Uth because as long as Cologne is having good fixtures uh, I think he like he's on IA level with at least Werner and Haaland for now. If you just look at this match day I would actually probably prefer Ut over Haaland 
especially because Ud is closing out the match day. It's a standalone fixture. So that's positives for Mark Ud. Because then you would have Werner on a Saturday afternoon. You would have Lewandowski Saturday evening and Ud on Sunday evening. That that would be perfect for your three strikers. Well, I, no, I, well actually, because uh, Werner plays Sunday. Oh, so- Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, you still, you still, no, you still got three spots. You're right. It would be Lewandowski first, then Werner, then Ut, yeah, as opposed but, to Haaland, Lewandowski, Werner. Yeah, but then it would be all like all combinations would have three different kickoff times, which is True. the perfect, perfect way to line up your strikers so you can swap out if anyone shoots a blank. Well, this is. I think. I think for me, there's two ways of looking at this. Um, if I was someone that joined the game last week, I think I would get rid of one of those heavy forwards and yes. keep Kimmich. Yeah. If I'm someone that has joined the game at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure I would be so inclined to do that because I think with Kimmich, we are seeing that there are alternatives in defence that can score big and are, you know, much easier to fit into a budget, actually. Um, I think for first-time players, ben- Benjamin Pavar is obviously the the perfect foil. He is potentially what Kimmich can be. He gets down that right wing, he, he throws in crosses, he gets involved in goals, as we've seen, um, and picks up clean sheet points as well. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think I would keep Kimmich over one of those three up front. But I'm, I still yep. am almost intrigued the fact that you would go Haaland over everyone. He's just the type of guy. He strikes me, you know, it doesn't matter how he plays, whether he has the best game or not, Flo. He's just going to keep scoring goals. And we want that, right? Yeah, but I'm just thinking about this match day and Lewandowski is playing at home against an abysmal Frankfurt side. Werner is playing with Leipzig. They have to prove something at Mainz. And Haaland is playing at Wolfsburg. I think they haven't lost in seven games now. True, true. That's just like, this is... And, and, and Ud is playing at home against Dusseldorf. So out of these four guys, Haaland has the toughest matchup. He definitely has the quality to break it. Of course, I'm not saying that. But if I have, like, I have to gamble. That's just what it is. I have to gamble which player will have the better game. And then I would... Like, I think Wolfsburg can slow down Dortmund. That's a possibility. And then I want Werner Levy and Ud over Haaland. Yeah, I think it may actually be the big battle this weekend is which front three performs better. And it may come down to the Haaland Ut debate um, in terms of what people do. Okay, but. Yeah, and no, no one's talking about Cordoba, the guy I went <laughs> well, with. But... There, there may be a reason for that, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, bless him. Uh, the, the poor guy couldn't communicate with Guido Vinkman uh, all, all weekend, so I think he, yeah, he had a tough time of it. I mean, the thing is, he was, he was, he put in such a good performance for Köln. It's just the type of performance that doesn't show itself in a fantasy sense at all, unfortunately. He, he did pick up nine points, so it wasn't the end of the world. Well, were five, but, of, five of those for challenges yeah. one. And and to be <laughs> fair, that was like head to head. I was thinking Ud is a better player. Um, but I was saying like the, the chance that Cordoba outscores Oud, I was slotting down for around 40%, I would say. Uh, that might be high or not. We, ne- we never know because they would have to play this game like a hundred times to us having an idea what the, the percentages actually were. But he was very close on scoring and then that was totally, would have been totally different. So I'm still happy, uh, I went with Cordoba. Because I have to make up ground in our office league and it's not by picking the player everyone else has. That's just 
a sad truth. Yeah, I know, I know, Flo. Now that I'm ahead of you in the rankings again, I can, I can start. You are. I, <laughs> yeah, I, took, I went ahead of you again this weekend. I was very happy about uh. it. <laughs> It's tight. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a tough battle between us till the end of the season. I'm not giving in this time. I'm not giving in. Uh, you you said that before, and then the end. Well, yeah, and well. then what's funny actually is normally around about this time of year, I would take a trip to America. Right, that's normally what happens. I go visit my. I used to, my parents used to live in San Francisco. I'd go visit them, and somewhere along that trip, everything would go wrong for me fantasy wise. I'd miss kickoff times. I wouldn't make substitutions. I'd make transfers that were snap as opposed to well researched, and it always goes wrong. I'm not doing that this year for obvious reasons, Flo. So this time I don't think you're getting away from me. I'm fully focused. Okay. Now until the end of the season, I've got nothing else to do. It's on now, James. <laughs> it is on, yeah. like Donkey Kong. Okay, but we do have two more listener questions. Yeah. We're already past the half hour mark. We've got two more listener questions. We will get through them, and then we'll have to whip through the fixture list a bit quicker. But Yeah, we do that. We, we covered a lot already, so it's Yeah, okay. exactly. And these two yeah. are coming from uh, for, well, I, what I believe are first-time listeners, so I was really inclined to get these guys' uh, questions in as yeah. well. And they should be quite quick anyway. But the first one is, is from Ron Neil Dino. Nice little Twitter handle there. But he says he's first-time listener last week. Really helped with my first ever game week. Thank you. He says, here's my question. Can you rank the following budget defenders in order? And he's got Christopher Lentz. He's got Ishmael Jacobs, Noah Katterbach, Peter Pekarik, Manuel Goulder, and Marcus Zutner, who admittedly was added by another listener whose question is coming up right after this. Um, that's a tough one. Tough question because we don't know the state of, uh, status of Ismail Jacobs right now. If Gistol says Jacobs is 100% and good to go, Jacobs would be my clear number one. But since Jacobs is one of two Cologne players who actually had corona, the coronavirus, I don't expect him to start. And that's why he's my number six. Just because of that reason. I, I, I think I have to preface this by saying that because um, he would have been the clear-cut number one because he plays as a left winger, ha- like does a lot going forward. I just don't expect him to start that soon after having the coronavirus. And as it is, it's a close race between Katterbach and Lenz for my number one. It's actually Katterbach. Then I'm going with Lenz as the number two. Gulde is the number three just because of the, like he either gives you basically nothing (laughs) or he scores a goal. I I don't think there are many in-between ways for Manuel Gulde to perform. Um, And that's slotting him in as the number three. Zotna at four, Pekarik at five. He he scored a goal, and that's even. I think it's even less likely than Golda scoring a goal. I, so I think it was his it, first in the Bundesliga, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> could be. I haven't, like I haven't looked that up, performance. but it's like uh, Lightning would have to strike twice, and then Jakobs uh, stated the reasons why he's my number six right now. You know what? I don't disagree with Flo, so I won't throw a different ranking out there. But speaking of lightning, we will close out the listener questions with a lightning round from at FF underscore Vader. He asks, Hakimi or Pavard, Flo? Uh, Pavard for this weekend. Harvards or Nkunku? Nkunku. But close. Oh, that, was, that must have been close. Um, Baumgartner or any hair to Union midfielder? Probably Baumgartner. I only might be tempted if Darida uh, is after his suspension is um, back in the starting lineup for 7.9 million. He's the only Hatter midfielder who had some fantasy value this season. 
also a set piece taker. So yeah, at least uh, under uh, Nuri and Klinsmann. Not sure what's going to be with Labadia, but yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, it was it was positive signs from Hertha. But I will talk about something that I worry about them with. But we'll do that in part two because we need to get onto the fixture list. So we'll leave it there for part one. Join us again in just a jiffy. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. We are going to whip through the match day 27 fixture list now, starting with the Friday night game. We've got a Friday night game back, which is fantastic news this weekend. The other good news this weekend, we've talked about flexibility already, but we don't have uh, five different kickoff times this weekend. We've got six, so six opportunities for you to swap your players in and out if they've underperformed, and you can even swap your star men throughout that as well. So a key facet of the game. But let's talk about the first one, Hertha Union, because people will be looking at this for flexibility flow uh, and a, que- a question from a listener I'll start off with underscore Kai uh, uh, Dus underscore who asked last week I decided to go for Plattenhardt instead of Mittelstedt because of the former being on set piece duties should I stick by my choice because he says he doesn't feel like making a sideways move to get Mittelstedt right now how do you feel about that one yeah I totally get that um, I think it's a sound like Mittelstedt had good games and bad games before in a fantasy game and I if I remember correctly, last week I said if Plattenhardt and Mittelstedt both play, Mittelstedt is definitely interesting because it will mean that he's playing as a winger. Uh, so in a vacuum, I probably would prefer Mittelstedt, especially since he's the cheaper one. But Plattenhardt could easily outscore Mittelstedt. And I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to uh, sell Plattenhardt to get Mittelstedt. Uh, I'd rather then hope for Plattenhardt getting a free kick 20 yards out and hitting it, uh, hitting the top corner. And we've seen that from him a lot of times. So he, he definitely is more likely to score than Gulde was last week. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I will be honest, the thing that worries me with Hertha, I would say if you didn't bring in a Hertha player last week, I'm not sure I necessarily would jump at the opportunity to do it this week, even though they are in the first game, even though they are at home against Union. I think that's going to be a very hard-fought game if it mirrors what we saw in the first half of the season. But on top of that, Hertha also have Leipzig away on Wednesday in midweek, and that is a fixture that you really don't want to touch, even if Hertha are improved under under Bruno Labbadia, and even if Leipzig maybe don't have the response we're expecting this weekend uh, against Mainz. So I just think they're a bit of a tricky team to cope with right now because someone like Mateusz Cunha, we I mentioned him last week as you know, the only other player I would, I would pick in terms of a sub-10 million striker. And he proved me right um, as to why I said that his goal-scoring form does continue. He's so heavily involved in Hertha's attacking play that I think even if he doesn't score, he's going to still have good games. Uh, the fact is he was, yeah, he had four shots on goal and he set up a further two whilst picking up that pretty fantastic goal as well. But we're still, I think, working out where Hertha will be as a fantasy prospect, but they do look more attractive under Labadia. There's no doubt about that. Let's talk about Union, though, as well, Flo, because at Mulcahy underscore Mike says the remaining Union Berlin schedule looks favourable. Should we all be buying Christopher Trimmel? And of course, anyone that maybe is new to the game and you don't know who Christopher Trimmel is, uh, he has more assists this season than Trent Alexander-Arnold of Liverpool. I'll just leave that there. Yeah, one of them is a legend, and that's, of course, Christopher Trimmel. <laughs> uh, all all uh, fantasy Bundesliga players know him. He, he's a very good choice, but I, I can't agree that the Union schedule looks that 
favorable. Uh, to be honest, they're playing Hertha right now. We're not sure how the second game under Labadia will go, but I still think they are the underdogs in this one. Then uh, they're hosting Mainz. That's that's a good fixture, I give you that, on the 28th match day. But then they're traveling to Mönchengladbach. After that, uh, they're hosting Schalke. I don't expect any fireworks in that match at all because both teams, they, they're better at deconstructing football than uh, playing constructive football. Let's put it that way. After that, they're traveling to Cologne. That's a tough one uh, at the moment. And uh, then it's Paderborn, but that's the 32nd uh, match day. So you've got a very good... Uh, matchup at match day 28, but apart from that, it's not that juicy that you have to go for Trimmel. I think he's a differential pick on a Friday evening if you don't have a Hertha defender. I probably would go Mittelstädt over Trimmel, but I can see Trimmel having a big game and out, outscoring both Plattenhardt and Mittelstädt, but I don't think he's a, he's nowhere near must buy for me. Um, just because of his returns has to come from set pieces and um, them being converted into goals and shots. And that's always a bit volatile. I mean, it's, he has a safe floor. We know that. I, I just don't think he's a must. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's an interesting observation really about this game that the most attractive fantasy os- uh, prospects are all in these wing-back or full-back positions. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly an interesting one. And then you've got the uncertainty with Union. We don't really know what they're going to be like without their fans. The the performance against Bayern, you can't read too much into it because they just really didn't put up too much of a fight. But are they going to suffer now in these games behind closed doors with Hertha? As we said, a win under Labadia first time out. But do we really know what face they're going to show under him considering the fact that we've seen so many different sides to their game this season and I do think a very important point that Flo just made there just because a fixture list does look easy doesn't mean it's a good fantasy option because there are teams that in that fixture list as Flo says uh, make games less attractive uh, from a fantasy perspective so two good things to take into account but yeah an interesting way to get things kicked off on the Friday night let's move on to the Saturday afternoon game starting with Wolfsburg Dortmund and we've got two listener questions here that are along the same lines flow uh, and one is from Nathan uh, Heimovitz who says is it worth holding on to Guerrero after bringing him in for the last match day or should I bring in Sancho either way and the second part of this is that at DMP Wright asks is Sancho essential given that he looked a little out of shape when he came on against Schalke so at first I have to say to Nathan that's a nice way to do a humble brag stating that, <laughs> well, should I hang on to Guerrero, who I magically put out of my hat for last match day and brought into my squad? Oh, I would be so happy to... It's, it's the things that we can only dream of, yeah, right, Flo? I, like, I know I can say <laughs> that. No one knows if it's true or not. I thought about him for a short period, but then I went for Eric Tommy of Düsseldorf instead. Like, I could have, I had the money to bring in Guerrero, but I went for Tommy instead. And this is why he's called yeah. the fantasy foosball got, ladies and gentlemen. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Like, two goals from Guerrero. Uh, he's a great player. We know that. It's just like with all the shiny objects in the, the Dortmund squad, you sometimes, he, he's overlooked a lot. And I wouldn't think of selling him, actually. So... Why would you do it? He's he's a big differential pick. I don't think many people um, bought him last week. And 
I'm not sure with Sancho. I didn't see the whole match of Dortmund against Schalke. I just saw like bits and pieces because of I was watching the conference of all the games on on Saturday. And after the game, like the game was decided, so they they weren't showing that much of that game. So I I can't talk really about the shape that Sancho was in uh, in that match day. But like I said before. I have him slotted down for transfer in on uh, for match day 29 if nothing essential changes but not for now. I I will hold out on Sancho for two more match days. Fair enough. I think that's a good way to look at things. Okay, moving on to Freiburg against Bremen. Uh no listener questions here Flo, so I just want your player pick. Yeah, we talked about him and has to be Vincenzo Grifo for me 11.7 million. And one thing to add, I mean, I was taunting um, Milot Rashica from times during that season, and he lost the set-piece duties to Leonardo Bittencourt. You could say that was effective, because after Bittencourt corner, uh, Bremen scored the on- uh, their only goal against Leverkusen, but that's definitely hurting Rashica's fantasy values, because a lot of his value came from also taking set-pieces and I think it's probably going to stay that way that Bittencourt uh, will take them because Rashica was not very good at it the weeks before the quarantine. Yeah, very hit and miss. It's a sh- it is a shame, actually, how Rashica's value has dropped so dramatically uh, this season because at the start yes. of the season, he was, I think, for both of us, Flo, locked on in our starting lineup uh, and we envisioned him being in there for a long time. It hasn't quite worked out that way. Yeah. So it is a shame, but I think it's a good point that you've made there. Yeah, and for, for new listeners like Rashica and, and myself, we uh, we go way back. Oh, yeah. So it's a... It's really a bromance between the two of us. And yeah, he's he's been one of my favorites and I'm afraid that's over. That's, uh, no, don't say it's over. Don't ever say it's over because Milot Rashica to you is what Yusuf Paulsen is to me. And Paulsen may not be performing well, but the love is not lost there. The love is not lost at all. I still have a, a great admiration for the, the big Dane who, yeah, in... in for maybe some of the newer listeners, they won't know, but in the earlier renditions of the Bundesliga fantasy game, Challenges 1 were a massive thing. They were the big difference maker in this game. Um, and Yusuf Paulsen, for that reason, was a fantastic player to have because he won a lot of challenges as a striker. But let's talk about uh, two other teams, Paderborn against Hoffenheim. Again, no listener questions here, Flo. Nothing much to add. It's not the most attractive fantasy fixture. Um, although you may look at Hoffenheim, I just want to know who's your player pick. It's Baumgartner. Still think he can be of good value. Uh, I think he had, he had eight or nine points last week at a, a 3-0 loss. That's that's not a bad return. I, I still think he has potential. And uh, if, like Hoffenheim, we talked about Leipzig having 21 shots at goal. Hoffenheim had 20. So they had the second most shots on goal last week. Didn't score a goal. Expected goals-wise, they were leading 2.8 to 1.5 against Hertha. So it was also a bit of a freak game. So I still would back Hoffenheim for this one. And then Baumgartner is a good shot for having a good good match. Um, The only other guy maybe I want to point out moving forward is uh, Maya. Actually, um, now I can't remember... His first name, striker of Hoffenheim, came on uh, at halftime because Bibu did take a knock and played one half. Maybe he's going to start one of these days 
and he's just one million. So a striker at the bare minimum playing for Hoffenheim, they have a good uh, stretches of games. And uh, I know that uh, Tobias Escher, I'm not sure if a lot of you guys out there are familiar with him. He's a German tactical guru, I would say, doing a lot of analysis for television and, and stuff. And uh, he, he talked about uh, Maya being one of the up-and-coming talents in German football. And his first name is Maximilian. And it's not Maya, it's Bayer. But apart from that, everything I said was true. <laughs> well, you, do, you just combined his first name and his last name together and made him Maya instead of uh, Maximilian Bayer. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know what you meant. Very um, witty. Very witty. Me. Yeah, you were, you were yeah. just, you know, your echelons above us in intelligence levels there. No, I think I, I like the Baumgartner pick. I mentioned the fact that he had a hand in six of the Hoffenheim 20 shots on goal. But the thing that really caught my eye, and I will point out now because you have brought him up again, but he had four shots on goal all four of those shots on goal came from inside the opponent's area which is a very promising yeah. statistic as a fantasy owner so i think you could certainly uh, look to baumgartner as a as a nice cheap outlet in midfield yeah, and he, he should have scored he had True. one shot inside what's it the six yard box yeah, yeah. what's it called in english yeah, six, yeah, six yard, yard box, box. Yeah. yeah you're spot on yeah i know that from playing football manager <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Back in the days where it was just text. Yeah. When it, oh, goodness. Those were the good old days, weren't they? Oh, dear me. But yeah. we, we digress. Yeah, we could talk about years. that all evening, I'm sure, if we're not careful. Um, yeah. Let's move on to yeah. the last of the 3.30 kickoffs uh, on Saturday. It's Gladbach against Leverkusen. Quite a big game as well, Flo. Uh, I just do want to ask you quickly here, who do you feel were the biggest winners in a fantasy sense on match day 26? Gladbach or Leverkusen? Oh, in a fantasy sense. Uh, oh, well, I was thinking can... on a table sense. Uh or, or like I would feel like Gladbach were the bigger winners because they had the tougher fixture than Leverkusen. And the, the problem with Gladbach, you can't really touch the midfielders just because of Marco Rosa changing it up so often. So you never know what you get. And uh, I, I would say you can look at player moving forward I was but, I was going to ask you about that, Flo. Do you think his yeah. performance this weekend now makes him the standout striker option for Gladbach again? Yes. Because it's gone back and forth this season, hasn't it? Well, I, I think it's some time now that, that we're backing player here because he gets more shots off at goal as Turam, for instance. So uh, he, he will be my choice, but not this week playing against Leverkusen and I can't really pinpoint how this game is going to go. Uh, I think there might actually be great fantasy value because as good as Leverkusen looked in an attacking sense, Bremen had a lot of chances. They should have scored more than just once. And I, I think that Gladbach will probably score at least two goals against Leverkusen. I just think that Leverkusen probably will score at least two goals against Gladbach as well. So uh, uh, it's a tough, tough game to predict. And that's why I probably uh, wouldn't look at players' direction for this week. Um, but moving forward, he's definitely one. If you want a differential pick or Werner doesn't come out of a slump, then, then he's a guy in the right matchup. I'm definitely willing uh, to take a shot at. And... After this match day, they're playing at Bremen. Uh, I heard it's not the t toughest game you can have. <laughs> then they're hosting Union Berlin. So you've got two good games in a row. Then it's traveling to Freiburg. Not that bad either. 
And then on the 31st match day, they're traveling to Munich. That's like, then the three game span is over. But after this match day, Gladbach have three good games in a row. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it is a tough one to call. You're you're not wrong. Uh, it's funny. I mean, when it comes to Leverkusen defending, I think we know they're not really good enough uh, at times, uh, especially to be competing closer to the top of the table than even they are right now. I mean, it was interesting. I was on the Bleacher Report Ranks podcast yesterday with uh, Sam and Jack, and they made the point about the fact that they seemed to think that Peter Boss had taken his defensive frailties at Dortmund and just gone to Leverkusen and gone, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to double down. I'm going to go even more attacking. But I mean... They've they've had an interesting well, trajectory. Well, the the stats say they have they have conceded just thirty one yeah, goals. I know, but so it's it's actually um, you feel they are worse than they actually are. That's true. But if it, if I look at that game at Bremen, I think most other Bundesliga teams would have scored more than just one goal against. Oh, I, fu- I the fully way agree. that that. Leverkusen was organized and, uh, at the back because there were also some mistakes. Uh, although they were playing uh, Weiser and Sinkraven as uh, the wingbacks and uh, the fullbacks, I should say, and that's probably not the best uh, combination you can uh, go with in a um, defending I was going to say, they don't give you the most stability, do they, on either flank? That's very Definitely true. Definitely not. Um, who would your player pick be from this game then, Flo? Easy, easily, Rami Benzebaini, nine million. Um, we, we talked about him at times during that show, but it's always a problem, or was the problem with him, that you couldn't be sure if he's actually in the starting lineup because uh, they also have Oscar Wendt on that position, and um, Rosa changed it a lot. But I just got the feeling. I mean, they've got no Europa League competition left. They've just got the Bundesliga. They're playing for the Champions League and Benzebaini. I mean, he's he, he's so good. Really, really, a really good player. From what I've seen from him, a nice guy uh, on top of that. To a very, very good price. Uh, and definitely not for... I'm not sure I'm, I would buy him for this match day, but uh, probably um, for the match day after that. He He's on my uh, shopping list. But then probably Rosa decides to do some rotation <laughs> yeah. during during the midweek fixture. So uh, we have to stay cautious with that. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one to have on your radar. And he could be one if he, he's keeping your place, like one of your building blocks. You don't have to swap him out, uh, even if they go up against Bayern, maybe. Yeah, I have to admit, Ben Zabini was the, the guy that I deliberately didn't mention on the show last week to kind of keep him as a selfish differential. And he turned out to be uh, an inspired choice as much as there was risk involved, as you say. Um, I think I said earlier this season, definitely on this show, that when when I felt he was nailed on to be the first choice left back, which has taken him a, t- a bit of time to get there because of injuries as well, um, that I was looking to him as a, as a long-term solution. And I'll be honest, I don't think I will be taking him out probably until match day 31 when they play. Bayern but yeah. then even then they he, he scored against Bayern last time out so you know you never know yeah why not <laughs> you never know yeah it's it's always depending how your squad looks and that's always a prefix if we answering your guys question out there it always depends how your squad looks if you don't have any other uh, players to get rid of then I would sell Benzema before a Bayern match but if you have like 
to suspend oh, yeah. a one injured player. Yeah. Easy decision. You don't have to. No, that is so true. Okay, let's move on uh, to the team that Gladbach beat last time out. They are once again in the Saturday night slot, this time away to Bayern. Now, Eintracht Frankfurt did famously beat Bayern 5-1 earlier this season, but it's fair to say with four losses in a row now, they won't be as full of confidence as they were heading into that one. Now, quick question, I think, from the Bayern side flow, uh, a question I think a lot of people will be facing. I talked about the fact that Pavard is the perfect fall for Kimmich if you've just joined the game and you don't have as big a budget. But for those of us that started the game at the start of the season, do you think that a Kimmich-Pavard double-up would actually make sense? Yeah, it would. So for this match day alone, I think it would make sense. But take a deep look at your roster and, and, and think about what you have to change for the next match day. Because if you, you go into the game having Hakimi, Pavard, Kimmich... Sancho, Nabri, Lewandowski, Haaland and all play on the first match uh, of the match day on, on, on Tuesday evening, that will probably be a bit much for me. So um, think about what you have to do to uh, be in good shape for match day 28. And if you can make that work and having Kimmich and Pavard in your squad, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. No, certainly not. Um, and I guess we've got to ask about Frankfurt, but to those players that may have plumped for Philip Kostic um, and maybe even someone like a Hinteregger or they may have gone the cheaper route with Unjika and Toure as well who you know have had shining moments this season. The question, I guess, is if you've got Frankfurt assets, is it jump off the bandwagon time? Yes, yes. Not just because of uh, the Bayern game. I, I, I think at the moment Frankfurt... They, they, they're not looking their usual selves. And as long as that doesn't change, uh, I don't want to uh, jump back and buying uh, Frankfurt players. Same goes true for Bremen, uh, for instance. So as long as they're playing the way they are playing, I, I, I don't have to be ahead of the curve with players of Frankfurt or Bremen. No, I think that's uh, a very... Fair point. Uh, they could come big, but uh, the gamble and the odds uh, that Flo uh, referenced earlier in the show are very much against them right now. Okay, then you know what? I'll move on from the Saturday evening fixture because I don't think with Bayern and Frankfurt there's too much to discuss. Invest in Bayern if you haven't already, but if you have, then you've probably got the three uh, players that you, you need from Bayern. Uh, but we've got three listener questions to accompany the three Sunday fixtures that we've got. Uh, again, that added flexibility, six different kickoff times this weekend, uh, which could prove so vital. But the first game on Sunday is Schalke against Augsburg and a question from at Hafid FW he simply wants a recommendation for a player from this game flow yeah that's a tough one I probably will uh, won't have any involvement in the, in this match so for me it's only five kickoff times uh, on the weekend <laughs> um, but if you have to go there maybe Ochipka for 10.5 million if money isn't an issue Kalidjuri is a decent player but overpriced for 13.1 million in my uh, opinion and if you think that Augsburg can do anything then it's probably Philip Max you want to look at but not options I'm keen on bringing in myself. 
No, I will be honest. This isn't one of the games that stands out. And I think on paper, you'd look at Schalke and, and think that they were the favourites. I do like the Okchipka pick. I mean, I was looking into their statistics from last weekend. And of course, we know it was a pretty abysmal performance against Dortmund in that 4-0 loss. But they had nine shots on goal. Okchipka set up four of them. So that's big points for a defender, given the fact that he set up shots to goal. Kalajuri, incidentally, he had two shots himself and set up a further two. So those two were the, the two Schalke players that were most heavily involved in the attacking sense. I will say, Hafid, I have an answer for you, but I'm going to wait until our player picks that come at the end of the show. Ooh. So what I'll do instead for now is move on to the second Sunday game, which is Mainz against Leipzig. And funny enough, Hafid FW has another question for us on this game flow. Uh, and he asked, with the disappointing result from Leipzig's assets, should we change into other players or keep for this match day? Yeah, I, I think I already hinted what my opinion is. Um, I think eight out of ten times Leipzig would have won that game against Freiburg handily. And that's why I'm not worried that much uh, regarding my Leipzig players. My only worry with, uh, for instance, Nkunku would be if he's in the starting lineup. That would be my only worry. Do you, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I, Do you think we always talk about Bayern being the biggest minefield when it comes to rotation and selection sometimes? But is it fair to say that Leipzig are now actually the bigger minefield? We're not sure yet. Um, we haven't had. Surely, we, surely that makes we them a minefield. We haven't had a healthy <laughs> Kevin Campbell for the whole season. That was his fifth appearance in the whole season. The first one he was able to play for ninety minutes. So it's a new situation. Also, we we hadn't had uh, Patrick Schick, for instance, in in the uh, Hinrunde, and uh, that's why I think that it could be that there's a lot of rotation, but maybe not. So that's something to keep in mind. I I want to get a feel with Nkunku. Uh, if I were asking uh, Julian Nagelsmann one question at the press, I would probably if Nkunku is staying in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe one of our colleagues can can forward that to Julian. Well, this is it. Maybe we've got to try and get involved in these virtual press conferences, Flo, and maybe see if we can get a question like that sent yeah. in um, that's just for us fantasy yeah. owners. That would be brilliant if we can do that. I think, yeah, I, the reason I talk about them being a minefield, and I know you're saying we're still waiting, but I think that's part of what makes them the minefield is that we don't have a lot of time before the end of the season. Nagelsmann is someone that is known to change things up. Yeah. And the fact is, he's also, as you say, he's got Kevin Campbell back fit. He's got Tyler Adams back fit. Uh, Willie Orban and Ibrahim Konate and knocking on the door of being fully fit again the whole side could potentially change um, you know and they've got so many options at their disposal you know you, you had Lookman Danny Olmo on the bench this weekend and stuff like that and I just I wonder whether they are they could be the, the ones that you know if you get it right on a given weekend with Leipzig you could score big but I could go for Werner and Nkunku this weekend and both of them could be dropped unlikely I believe but it's a, it's in the realm of possibility so I, I worry with Leipzig a little bit let's talk about one team at the very least that we don't worry about as much and that's the final fixture on Sunday, which is Köln against Dusseldorf. Uh, and again, a question from a listener at VikingJ13. He says, hi guys, uh, wonderful, wasn't it wonderful to have some football back last weekend? And I think it's fair to say that it may not have been the, the football that we all know and love, but it was good to have it back. Uh, he has a quick question on Köln defenders uh, flow. He says he has Benno Schmitz. Should he stick with him or go to Katterbach slash Jakobs? He says, keep up the good work and stay safe. 
Yeah, uh, thanks for the praise. Um, I think Schmitz might have done enough against Mainz to lose his job. Uh, I think he was probably the worst Cologne player out there, in my, in my opinion. So I think it might be Kingsley Hizibue uh, coming back in the starting lineup. It was a surprise to me that, that Schmidt started. Um, he replaced Noah Katterbach when uh, he was injured before the break. But Hizibue actually played better football in the Rückrunde. And he's a very dynamic player. He has pace, one of the fastest players in, in the Bundesliga. So I wouldn't feel comfortable with Benno Schmitz. But the same goes true for Jakobs as well. Because I just like, I have doubts that he's going to play after Corona. We're not sure what like mid or long-term reactions he will have to playing professional football again. So that's something I'm, I'm very cautious of, of Jakobs. You know that I'm a big fan of him and, uh, we were on the Jakobs uh, bandwagon uh, pretty early. And, um, but I just want to get some news that Gistel thinks that he's ready to go and a hundred percent. And he wasn't in, I think he wasn't in the match squad. Uh, last match day. So it's not like he were in the squad and then maybe didn't come home. I think he, he wasn't in the squad at all. So I have my doubts about uh, Jakobs. Then um, if you have to go Cologne defender, that that's cheap, then Katabach would be my choice. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say, though, just you know to make the point... If if you've got other transfers, I wouldn't necessarily prioritize one that's getting rid of a one point what six million or four million defender for a one million defender. Yeah. Because yeah, even if Ben Schmitz does get dropped, yeah. there, there's an element where you can kind of swallow the fact that he has been dropped and he only costs you one point four million in there, so you're not losing out on too much. Very good point. Um, but if you really do have the luxury of having a third transfer that you really don't know what to do, then yes, I, I think Katterbach, uh, a switch to Katterbach would be the safest option. The the switch to Jakobs is the biggest gamble, but could actually have the biggest upside. I'll talk about that in a second because we should move on to our player picks flow to close out today's show. We will start with the Vegas choice. This is our outside of the box choice, one that we try and pluck from left field a little bit. Uh, someone maybe that you haven't thought of, but someone that may have been discussed on the show as well. So Flo, do I'll give you the floor first. Yeah, I'm happy that you... you. <laughs> Included the second part of the sentence because I was saying, okay, it's Vincenzo Grifo, 11.7 million. I, I just think it's in his price range. There are a lot of guys who are just a bit more or they are cheaper. I'm not sure how many people actually will land on Vincenzo Grifo this match day, but I think he's a very, very good pick. Although what we haven't said is that Historically speaking, Bremen has done very, very well at Freiburg. So even in the darkest, darkest times uh, where they were almost as bad as they are right now, they, they always got something out of that. They, they won eight of the last 13 matches at Freiburg. So that's why a grief for me is a risk. And because of Freiburg has sometimes has prob uh, trouble when they are the favorites playing at home, they lost against Cologne at home when Cologne was at the 17th uh, place in the table under Bayer Lotza. And the, the only win I think Bayer Lotza or the first win Bayer Lotza got with Cologne was at Freiburg and they also lost against Paderborn at home. So that's the, that's what 
makes Grifo a Vegas choice. But apart from that, he has all the tools to have a very, very good fantasy weekend, I'm afraid. Yeah, he does. Certainly does. Uh, I am also going with a midfield option, and this is answering Hafid FW's question about Schalke against Augsburg. If I'm plumping for someone from that game as an outside-of-the-box choice for my Vegas choice, it has to be Swat Serdar, 10.7 million. He is Schalke's top scorer this season, and yes, he had a terrible outing uh, against Borussia Dortmund. I wouldn't read too much into that. I think he could be the type of player that when Schalke are looking for a reaction at home to Augsburg, he could be the one that grabs them by the score of the neck from midfield his box-to-box presence has made him a very attractive fantasy asset at times this season I think this weekend if you fancy a gamble he could be one of those guys to go for super schnepchen yeah great 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 choice James and uh, I actually I I forgot about him because he was away he was injured so much uh, in the last weeks Uh, true so as we were talking about Schalke I actually would prefer Sada over Caligiuri probably there you go you see uh, you know sometimes every now and again I do impress Flo as well with my my inside knowledge (laughs) always always (laughs) Um, okay how about super schnepchen this is our budget buster the the low cost player that can help you this weekend yeah I think it's very very tough without naming the guys we talked about last week and so I went for a guy I already talked about last week I don't know what my logic was there but I mean Katabach is the uh, is one of the ob- obvious choices but I'm going for Christoph Baumgartner 7.5 million in midfield uh, I think he he could have a very good game and it's also quite differential that's what I like about him Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've talked him up uh, at greater lengths on this show and rightly so as well. Uh, my budget buster uh, is Ishmael Jacobs and we have talked about the risk, so I won't go into it, but I am of the opinion that he was dropped from the matchday squad last weekend because Köln didn't want it to look bad on them that they had a player that had tested positive for coronavirus recently in their matchday squad for the first match back. If my logic is true, then he'll be back this weekend and he could be a very good pickup at 1.8 million. But admittedly, uh, I have no inside sources. Uh, I am taking a bit a bit of a stab at this, just like you guys are as well. So uh, I'll throw his name out there, but proceed with caution, let's say. And also listen closely to what uh, Marcus Gisdol says at his press conference, because he may confirm that Jakobs will be coming back. Uh, it has happened before and it will happen again at some point. So there are two interesting options definitely to bust your budget. Now the banker. Uh, this is our go-to guy. I, th- I think Flo and I both have headaches about this every week in terms of, you know, you want to pick the guy that you really feel is definitely going to pick you, you know, at least 15 points or more, I would say, Flo. Um, I didn't have a great week last week picking Timo Werner. Uh, Flo did well with Kai Havertz. I'm hoping to improve, but Flo, who did you go for first? I'm going with Mark Uth. And I mean, the other challenge is to name a player that's not totally obvious, in my opinion. So, true, very true. Uh, going with Lewandowski, boring. And uh, that's why I went with Mark Uth. He's just in great shape and has a high floor because of his set-piece duties and um, now we know he's also the penalty taker of Cologne. They're playing at home against Dusseldorf. They're the favorites to win this one. And he's just 10.7 million. I think he'll have a very, very good game against Dusseldorf. 
No, I like the pick and I have, I will be very honest, I was toying with the idea of picking Mark Hoot as my banker instead. I admittedly did make a last minute change and I realise now that the three player picks I've made today are all very risky um, based on some of the things we've said. But my banker is Christopher Nkunku, 13.7 million midfielder. Now, if you remember correctly, first half of the season, Mainz got walloped 8-0 by Leipzig. I'm not saying that I'm expecting the same again, but I'm expecting a similar result. I am expecting a reaction, so I am thinking right now I'm going to keep with most of my Leipzig assets and I do think that Christopher Nkunku is a type of player that against a team like Mainz who can be open then he's the type of player that could really profit from that and, and flourish so Christopher Nkunku is my pick of the week I'd like to think he's not too obvious uh, but I know he's in that bracket so no he uh, isn't I, I give you that there you go. Okay. it's a good choice excellent um, so yeah I, two Leipzig players in back-to-back weeks uh, they can't let me down twice in a row that's the logic at the very least um, but okay that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you haven't yet join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Thurgood Flo and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören